Hi, this is Wanda Ellett. The following is a podcast of Your Career is Calling. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast and to listen live to Your Career is Calling Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. on Ryder University's 1077 The Bronx, online at 1077thebronc.com or via our free Android and iPhone apps. Search and download WRRC1. That's W like Wanda, R like RR like Robert, C like Charlie, the number one. I hope you enjoy this week's edition of Your Career is Calling. Your Career is Calling. Are you going to answer? 1077 The Bronx presents Your Career is Calling with Wanda L. of G45 Consulting. Every Sunday morning, Wanda will take you on an incredible journey to help you navigate the ever-changing world of job-seeking and career transition. If you have a question for Wanda about your career, phone lines are open. Give us a call at 1-877-900-1077. Missed an episode? Go to 1077thebronc.com and Apple iTunes to download and listen to previous shows. Just look up Your Career is Calling. Your Career is Calling. Calling is underwritten by Career Development and Success at Roddy University, Harwell Express Press, your corporate communications printer, and G45 Consulting, committed to both your immediate and long-term career success. Now here's Wanda Ellett with today's edition of Your Career is Calling. Good morning. You are listening to Your Career is Calling. This is Wanda Ellett live in the Killarney Public House Studios at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronc.com. Proudly ranked the best college radio station in New Jersey per the New Jersey Broadcasters Association. Uh, Your Career is Calling is the first radio show of its kind, helping both students and seasoned professionals to manage their career as a business. The CEO of May Inc., we are here for the next hour and very eager to take your calls at 877-900-1077. Again, that's 877-900-1077. Behind the glass today producing our show is Ryder University's intern, Zaisha Lanier. Yay, Zaisha. Um, today, I have a very special guest in the studio. Um, and to me, this is like the power of networking. Um I have uh, Mark Demetrio, and he is a branch manager at... Um, at residential home funding and he is also a mortgage consultant and now he is an author with a very very special book um and the the book is lessons from my uh, grand my grandfather wisdom for success in business and life and uh welcome mark hi wanda thank you so much i'm really happy to have you on the show today my pleasure. I enjoy this and be able to speak to people through my words in a book that's uh, hopefully going to inspire and help millions out there. I'd love to be able to have the opportunity to speak to you today, so it's great. And I had to say, like, well, um, so how I came to know Mark is, um, well, let me go back and, and, and preface like the, how the structure of, of the show today. So um, previously on Your Career is Calling, uh, what we would do is we would take you through a coaching session of a high-level topic, such as networking, um, negotiation, resumes, interviewing, all different types of things. And then we would have a guest each week, and we would drill down and, and dive into that topic. This year, what we are doing is we've taken a different approach, and it's called 52 Stories. And every week, we have a guest that comes on and shares what's their best career advice and what's their, you know, their, like, their best lesson. And, um, and I'm, I'm excited because um, I, I met Mark through uh, networking. Basically, uh, I'm a recruiter, and he's in the mortgage industry, and I was trying to recruit him, and, and we've known each other a few years now. And, um, you know, I, it was it was interesting to finally meet you. We've been friends on Facebook for a while, and uh, I saw you at the uh, real estate convention, the Triple Play, this past December. 
And uh, I was uh, I was nervous to go meet you because I had seen the post about your grandfather's book. And uh, you were just about, I guess it was just available at that time? Yes, it came out. Well, it came out January 16th, but there was a lot of press leading up to it. Yeah, and it was, and I was just very excited for you because I, I love, you know, the whole concept of the book, and uh, you know, and I've been following. You've been talking about it a little bit, you know, through as you've been, you know, doing the book. So, if you would, I, I guess, if if you would share a, a little bit about your background and and your career a little bit before we get into your grandfather's book. Thank you so much, and thanks for the intro. And there would be no need to be nervous speaking to me, of course. But thank you for <laughs> coming up to me as well, anyway. So. Just as this is mainly a lot of college students on this on this uh, radio show, and actually, and all we have all like from high school right on through retired professionals. Oh, I love it! Oh, I'm so glad because it's funny because the age of my book, the, who I wrote this book to, is literally you know 15 to 16 year olds to 100 year olds. Yeah. There you go, perfect audience because that's exactly what I say about my books. It was written for all those ages, so wonderful. So basically, just about myself, you know, I have a finance background. I graduated from Rutgers College, um, Rutgers University, with a finance major, 1991, so a while ago. And I pretty much moved through the ranks of the business world. You know, my first career was with State Farm Insurance. I worked my way up there to wind up being one of the, um, really one of the youngest management professionals of a group to manage like 37 agents, a State Farm agents. So I worked my way up pretty quickly there, you know, put the, put the grind in, into play. Then I left there and I uh, co-founded and was a chief operating officer of a financial-related company for eight years. Took a chance, leaving a successful career, and took a real big chance to start from scratch and built that up, and it was a really big success. I got bought out from there, and then I decided to go in the mortgage business because I felt that there was really a lack of, a lack of uh, I shouldn't say professionalism in 05, but I felt my expertise and my financial background would have made me more of a, a rarity in the mortgage business. Mm-hmm. So I went in the mortgage business because I felt that the niche was right. So for the last 12 years, I've been there, and um, I've been very blessed by the people that refer me business and the work that I do. So I've been ranked the top 1% in the country pretty much every single year for the last 12 years, as well as being named uh, you know, the Hot 100, which is the top 100 bankers in the country, 25 most connected mortgage professionals in the country, and uh, you know, number one in my company as a, as a whole is 300 loan officers for the last 12 years, number one every, every year. So it, the accolades have, uh, have been humbling, and I just continue to forge forward and do the best that I can and be, be the best that I can. And, um, you know, and, and like I said, you're very, you know, I was very nervous about meeting you because you are a very impressive guy. And um, but you like you said, you're very humble and just very open and and, you know, even connecting on Facebook and all the different uh, avenues that we're connected. Um, you know, it's been nice getting to know you. Um, well, thank you so much. Again, again, the, the way I view things and, th- and it means a lot to me here from you. But thank you. So one of my lessons, one of the 15 lessons, again, the name of the book, Lessons from My Grandfather, Wisdom for Success in Business and Life. And one of the lessons is remain humble always. That's one of his very specific lessons to me. Now, did he always coach you? Like, how did it start out? Like, how did this, like, going back to your childhood, was you, were you very close to your grandfather? Did you see him regularly? We were, we were unbelievably close. I was blessed to have the fact, to have the situation where he basically retired at 60 when I was literally just born. It was not, it was just, wasn't a coincidence, it just happened that way. So for 30 37 years of my life, and he died, he died at 97. Okay. 37 years of my life, we were literally 
not only not only was my grandfather, but he was he was my mentor and my best friend. And wow. We literally spoke three times a day. I saw him almost every single day, except when he was in Florida. We talk still every day. We were super, super, super close. You'd think we were like two kids. He was he just he's a character. He thought of me as a son he never had. You know, he had two daughters, my mother and his, uh, my aunt. But we were just super close, and and his whole. His whole existence was just, he loved to talk, he loved to chat, and he would just, all these lessons which we'll get into, he just would, you know, constantly tell me all this stuff, and just, you know, just kind of continue to instill this, this you know, these qualities that I've, that I've been able to be blessed with, which we'll get into, but he was amazing in that way, just constantly as a mentor, constantly saying things, but just, you know, just, and again, because who he was, I knew his stories, and when we get into it too, I knew his story of life and how he began, and so it was just always inspiring to me, so it was very easy to remember a lot of this, I wrote some stuff down along the way as well, so it just, it was, you know, just been a great road. Did you think you would always write a book? Uh, I didn't think I'd always write a book, but I always knew I had gold with him because he was just an amazing individual. And what happened was, you know, te- maybe about 10 years after he passed away, you know, he, I was 37, I'm 49 now. Um, so about two, two and a half years, about two years ago, I guess roughly, you know, the light bulb went off to say to my, I said to myself, and not the light bulb, but I said, you know, it is a shame this man is no longer on this earth. Not only do I miss him every day of my life, but he was just a, such an amazing mentor to me in so many ways and and. People in this world need this, you know, not only this immigrant story that came here with nothing, literally nothing at 20 years old, food lines, you know, watch, watch, polish and shoes, things of that nature. But, you know, just the person that he was, he got ahead in life because who he was, you know, it wasn't even because, you know, education, it wasn't because of money, just purely because of who he was, he got ahead. And this is a gift. And so I, I felt like I have to share this mentor with the world. You know, I want to give my mentor to the world to, for people that don't have mentors to inspire people, to motivate people, to empower them. You know, if I could help thousands or maybe one day millions with this book, what a gift that is. So it was truly just that unselfish, this, this vibe went over me that I just need to do this. So that's really the story. And I just, and I just didn't never look back. I would just, I just forged forward and just got it done. So it's been very exciting. So if you would start too about your grandfather's story, like he came here from... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So he. So he basically. You know, the story was just pretty funny in a way. But he was 16 years old. You know, when he left Cyprus. You know, Mm -hmm. Cyprus is a country, and it's really an island out, way out, uh, way out east. Um, And he wanted to be a pharmacist because there was one pharmacist in the general area in Cyprus, and it was you know that was that made money. And everyone else, everyone else, relatively poor. So, and his dad, you know, his dad took care. It really was a taxi cab driver in quotes you know, back in the early 1900s no cars it was just a horse and buggy so mm-hmm. he'd take people around the island that's what he did so he was in school his junior high school and his dad literally pulled him out so listen i can't afford the 10 cents a week anymore to put you in through school so you need to come out and help with the horses help with your mom and dad i'm assuming help with your uh, brother and sister and your mom when i'm not there so you know after a little while doing that he just said to himself this is not for me i'm not staying here i just to himself you know i, I, I this is ridiculous probably to his parents too i'm sure but i want to make something of myself i want to be something i want to you know be established in life make a difference and be you know make money and enjoy life a little bit so he pretty much just picked up and left in the middle of the night. He worked out with a merchant shipper to take him to Greece. He was going to feed the animals for two weeks and get a free ride. Yeah. And um, my grandfather, my great-grandfather found out and kind of rode out his little boat before he took off. Oh, my God. See him. Yeah, I'm talking to him. It's <laughs> to a crazy story. <laughs> crazy. And his little rowboat came out there and said, son, you know, I understand what you're doing. You know, you have my blessings. You know, he gave him a couple of coins from the, they were those. They were those vests back then, you know. Yeah. He had some coins in the vest. I gave him the coins and said, you know, you have my blessing. I wish you the best. Now oh, there were no nice. phone, 
it was crazy. There was no phones back there, no email. You know, it was just kind of it was off on his own. That's t- that's the start of his life, right? That's the start of his venture. Wow. And then he came here through, I guess, was it through Ellis Island? Or? Yeah, so basically he went to Greece for two years. He worked for a lawyer there for a couple of years. He saved some money to go to London, worked at London. He became a telegraph operator there, so worked his way there. And then got wow. the money saved to come to Ellis Island in 1929 when he was 20. But the, the worst part about it, he came November 15, 1929, three weeks after the stock market crash and the start of the worst depression ever. Oh. So he walked into that disaster. So... Um, and he still made it, you know, once he got here, he just, you know, just, just started from there. How did he meet your grandmother? That's a crazy story. This is even crazier. This could be a movie one day, <laughs> I'm telling you. There's so many pieces to his life. So next door to my grandfather was the wealthiest people on the island of Cyprus, the wealthiest. They had a mansion. They had servants. They had horses. They had olive trees and orange trees all over the property. Just crazy. They had like six, seven, eight kids. I forget how many it was. A lot of kids. And you could envision and, everything. Like as you're telling this story, like you could yeah, envision it. You know, you could smell the, uh, the olives. I'm and telling you. I'm telling you. The, way, the, the book is just that vibrant. So thank you. So, um, so, and the fathers were friends because they, you know, money didn't matter back then. Cyprus, you're friendly. It's just, you know, people are people. So that's the beautiful part of life too. They were just friends. Friends, the fathers, you know, rich, rich and poor. So, um, so basically, there was uh, there was a bunch of ladies next door, girls next door. They were all friends, you know. They were friends too. It didn't matter money or not. So he would always joke with this one girl, you know, one day I'm going to marry you, and she's like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> like they were friends. They grew up together, you know. Uh, they could, so I go right to this story. So, so my grand, my, that so that individual next door was a, a banker. And he borrowed money from a very, very wealthy individual on the island, and he would lend out money to businesses and to homes, people to buy homes, things of that nature, buy property. And when the Depression hit and so on and so forth, this, anyway, this gentleman ended up dying. Oh. And, uh, and um, he, the kids came to, came to this man, so we want our money back. You know, my father passed away. We need the money. It's the Depression now. Things are going bad all over the place. He said, well, my money's lent out all over the street. I, I can't give it back to you. I don't have it right now. Everyone's got it. And they're having a hard time paying. Well, they, so ended up, what ended up happening, he ended up you know, having to foreclose on his house and literally leave everything behind. Pretty disaster story. Wow. Um, and come to America with his kids. You know, so we went from being a wealthy, wealthy, wealthy man to coming here with nothing. And my grandfather found out they were coming and got him set up. He got the guy, the guy a job. He got the kids set up. Wow. And he ended up marrying the woman. Now you think about that one. He ended up marrying her like he said he would one day. So pretty, pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy. And then how many, they had your uh, my mom? My mom and my aunt. My mom and my aunt. Yeah, and where did, aunt. where did you, you know, where did they? Well, they got set up. They got set up in um, uh, Washington Heights where a lot of, you know, a lot of Greeks were. First, they were in New York City for a while. They were from Washington Heights. And pretty much stayed there, and then ended up, you know, coming to New Jersey and Bergenfield, where a lot of Greeks came. The Greeks all stuck together. A lot of Greeks in Washington Heights, and then Bergenfield, New Jersey, where a lot of Greeks came. So they got set up there, and then he ended up eventually just having a very modest house uh, in Palm Lake, New Jersey, and a modest place in Florida. And that's kind of when it went back and forth once he was retired. Um, but my grandma, unfortunately, my grandma died a lot younger. She died when I was eleven. She died uh, at sixty of cancer, unfortunately. So his, you know, his heart was broken. He always, always would tell me. Um, you know, that he, you know, she was the love of his life. He never loved another love woman like that. So it's really, really just a wonderful story with just them, you know, really. Did he amazing. ever get married again or anything or no? He did more, more, he did more for just companionship, more likely. He'd let married a woman, a lot of you, 25 years younger. She's passed also by now, but, mm. uh, they were, she was very sweet. They were married and, uh, but he would always say, you know, I'm, I'm married, but you know, I'm, your grandmother was the love of my life. And I, and I was super close to my grandmother. So I was super, super close. Wow. So that was really hard on me. It was my first real, like real, you know, death in a way, you know, at a young age. So. 
So what kind of, I guess we, we, we need to go into a break, but what would you say yeah. like is your, your, your best lesson, like your, your top lesson? We'll start there. They will, yeah, you God, know. there's so many. I mean, that's why the book, you know, the book's so solid, packed with stuff. But it's just the, nuggets, um, the, like I, everywhere. It's gold. It's just, yeah, just, but my most favorite, honestly, and this, and this is one of the lessons, attitude is everything is my one, my one most important lesson of them all. Because your attitude plays into everything in life. You know, from the minute you get up to the minute you go to bed, mm-hmm. what is your attitude towards life, towards people, towards business, towards taking on life? Like, attitude is everything. And that's your, your being. That's who you are. And the perception of others towards you and the, your perception of the world. So attitude is powerful. That word I can go on for. In fact, I have a chapter called Action and Attitude. There's one full chapter about that. Wow. So, um, anyway. And that would be, you would say, would be like, did did he come out and tell you, like, you know? Oh, he would just always tell me. Well, I mean, it's just, uh, where do we get into it? I don't know when the break's coming up, but he would he would basically just say, you know, listen, when you work, you know, he used to tell his stories about himself. When, you know, he used to, when he started out as a busboy, excuse me, he started out shining shoes, and then as a busboy, and then worked his way up. He'd tell me, you know, you know, having the right attitude and being, being working hard, and I loved the labor of each job. It didn't matter what I was doing. I loved the job. My attitude was there. I was passionate. People saw it. Even though I was polishing shoes, I was grateful to be working. I was thankful to be working. People saw that. I was happy. And that led me to my next job. Like, just, he would, we would just tell he just tell stories. We just talk. It just you know that just came out of him. So you know it wasn't like he said to me, ah, "This was everything." It wasn't yeah, like yeah. that. No, because some, some grandfathers they're very like know this. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just he would basically tell me. So he basically said, "But your attitude, you know, the way you handle life is that your attitude is everything." So you know, so in a, in a way, would say not that by a sense, but just the way you handle life, attitude is very important. So I just took the attitude as everything. You know, that's the way he related to me. Wow. Um, and then so with his stories and everything, it was just like, it just echoes. And there's so much into it. And, you know, and, and, and then, you know, purpose and passion that he was, you know, the purpose, the purpose of what you're doing or who you are, your existence, you know, what you're doing in your family, business life, you know, your career, the purpose, what's your purpose? You know, people, people find their why or the purpose or what makes them excited or what makes them happy. You throw passion behind purpose along with action and attitude and you can't fail. That's why I made two chapters. One's purpose and passion and one's action and attitude. You just can't fail because when you take something you love and you're passionate about and you know it's your purpose and your why and you're behind it and you believe in it and then you put an action plan and you have the right attitude behind it, you can't fail. And people don't realize that as much and unfortunately a lot of people do, are in jobs they aren't happy with. Some, unfortunately sometimes in, you know, in, in, in situations they're not happy with. So you, know, you need to have the passion behind it to make others realize you're passionate and to make others realize you're an expert at what you do and you know you put all those together and i like to say there's four pillars in life you know likability factor trustworthy or honesty you know passion and then being an expert let's put expertise into that if you have those four pillars you can't fail you just really can't you wow. know success is different for everybody and we'll get into that as we get into the yeah go, well. like hold this these thoughts this is wanda Elliott with mark demetrio we are live in the killarney public house studio at Ryder university's radio station 1077 the bronc and online at 1077 the we are taking your calls at 877-900-1077 again that's 877-900-1077 and mark has been uh like, i'm very excited because you know i've been i've been watching his 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 journey with this with this book uh from his grandfather and it's called um, Lessons from My Grandfather, Wisdom for Success in Business and Life. And it is available at grandfather, www.grandfatherlessons.com. Um, and we'll be right back after a short break. And we're back. 
This is Wanda Ellett live in the Killarney Public House studio at Ryder University's radio station 1077 The Bronx and online at 1077thebronc.com. Today, I am very excited to have Mark Demetrio here with me. He's a branch manager and mortgage consultant with Residential Home Funding, but he's now an author. He can add that to his repertoire of success. And... Um, he, uh, we are taking your calls at 877-900-1077. Again, that's 877-900-1077. Um, he's been sharing some great insight about his uh, their, their, their golden nuggets from his grandfather uh, in the first part of the show. If you're just tuning in, uh, we started to go through his grandfather's journey to come here and... Um, a little bit about his story, you know, his grandfather's story, and um, and then we started to talk about some of the lessons, like the big, the big things are uh, likability, trustworthy, passionate, and being an expert. So your expertise, um, and uh, we're going to continue the conversation. Uh, so you you were saying that your 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 best lesson too was um, basically starting from passion, you know, to be passionate about what you. Um, you're, you're doing. And, and I guess, you know, what's interesting too, when you shared your grandfather's story, um, he set goals. Like when you, when you start to look back, like, you know, he dreamed, he dreamed big, you know, and, and he set big goals. And, and I think it was exciting to have the neighbor that was this wealthy family, you know what I mean? Because it allowed him the vision to say, I'm going to do this. And even meeting your grandmother, I'm going to meet, I'm going to marry you one day, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I tell you, so so not only did the pharmacist, you know, inspire him in the area because that was a profession that he knew made money in the area, but without a doubt, having the wealthiest man on the island next to him, you know, living there to see what that wealth was like. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the best part about it. So he just he knew he wanted to be something in life and be somebody in life. He never talked about how much money he'd want to make or how successful he want to be or yeah. want to have a plane or a yacht. It wasn't about that. See, success is different to everybody. You know, I have a whole chapter a lot on success. Or or a big portion of it, talking about success. Because success is really different to everybody, yeah. depending on what you want out of life. And some, some people, people want... don't understand that. Yes, very true, very true. Even you know, couples. It's... it's interesting, too, because I think that that's a, like a critical success, like a critical factor in what does success look like to you, and is it the same vision that your spouse has, like your potential spouse? 100%, and that's why I wrote the book, you know, lessons from my grandfather, excuse me, wisdom for success in business and life, because it wasn't about just writing a business book, because to be successful, you need to be successful in life, and it's mm-hmm. everything all together. So when you talk about success in business and the success in life, without a doubt, having the right spouse, having the right family, having, having well, not the right family, you can't always choose the family, but having, having, making the best of that, but ultimately having a successful life and, and understanding, you know, you and your spouse being on the same page and everything else, but you need to understand what success is as a couple and success as a business owner or an employee or what you want in life. So success. And that's true too. Like when you're looking at companies, because some people forget that, that, um, you know, in, in an interview, you're interviewing them just as much as you're in, they're interviewing you. Absolutely. And you need to look at their foundation. You need to look at what they're about and interviewing and look at that culture and say, is this this an environment that's good for me? Yes. The culture, a family culture and business culture. Here it is very simply. We have, as much as we know it, we know there's one opportunity in this world right now as we know it, let's just say. We get up in the morning, we, get, we go to bed at night, you have 24 hours in a day. How you use those days and those minutes and those seconds is very precious. Time to me 
is so precious. Mm-hmm. I value my time as a, mi- a million dollars a minute. I know that may sound crazy, but that's how everyone should look at their lives. Every minute of your life, you can't get back. And what you do with your life to bring enjoyment to yourself and others is powerful. Yeah. You know, how are you living your life? What's your purpose? Are you enjoying your life? Are you living your dream? Are you helping others? Are you, are you having the best life possible? Did you just waste the last two hours doing nonsense? I mean, life is powerful. So when you take a hold of that and realize, you know, to make the best of it, it really comes down to, again, your family, you know, you're going to marry or who you're going to be with for the rest of your life, hopefully, and your careers. So you look at success as an individual. You have to understand and label, what is success to me? My grandfather looked at it as not, I want to be a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. What did he say when he wanted, he wanted to leave? I want to make something of myself. I want to be something. I want to make a difference and be, be out there and have a, have a good life. That's what he was talking about. He didn't say, I want to be a multi-millionaire. He didn't say any of that. He wanted to just know he wanted to have a good life and be, and be somebody and make a difference. He was always about be something, be somebody. So mm-hmm. when you're when you're venturing out into this world, you know you need to have passion and zest for life. See, my grandfather was a very advantaged individual. Now, people may look at my story of him and say, "Wow, what do you mean advantaged? He was disadvantaged. He had no money. He left home with nobody. He didn't know. You know, he was on a ship to nowhere. You know, how, he, how do you think he advantaged? Well, he was very advantaged because he had the drive, passion, desire, and will to get ahead, no matter what. Mm-hmm. No matter what, he would tell me, it "Didn't matter. I would, just, I would just keep forging forward." And there's so many stories in his life that just he kept moving forward when things happen because there's always tragedy and upset and disappointment. You to keep moving forward so we're, we're, we're woven that way hopefully most can do that yeah, most it's very to. difficult and I think that you know that's a big challenge for people and that's where you know it, it stinks like falling down <laughs> but you gotta get up you know and 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 my father you know he was I guess a little bit younger um, than your grandfather you know being born he was born in 21 and um, you know but that generation and and your grandfather's generation that that they're just like powerful and that was one of the things that my father always said like no matter what happens you get up like no matter how hard life knocks you down get up that was like right. the biggest thing you know right right and you know you know back then that's why another reason why they wrote the book I mean this just is because the wisdom of these older people, the wisdom of my grandfather, his era, you know, he was born in 1909, so mm-hmm. it was early 1900s, the wisdom from these gray-haired people, I call them, in a funny way, now because they're all gray-haired, a lot of them passed away, but it just the wisdom is so amazing, the immigrant story, or even if it's not immigrant stories, the wisdom for those decades. Think about yeah. the world. Think about the United States or America in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. We're such a young country. Yeah. Our country was just growing in those years. So there's so much that they went through and so much that they learned. So the wisdom is powerful. So I wanted to give that story as an immigrant story, the power of America, you know, New York City growing up there and what it was like and, you know, just, just inspiring, like I said, hopefully thousands or millions with his story, yeah. just how he got, how he did it. Like, for me, I, I, never, I hadn't gone to Ellis Island and, you know, Statue of Liberty until um, not this past 4th of July, but last 4th of July, you know, before 20, I guess that's 2016. And... Um, you know, even though it's right there, you know, the stories are amazing. Like they're just, you know, people are coming here. Like you said, they didn't have anything. And then what they did to work to come here, you know, they came here. One guy, like I remember reading a story like that, all the displays, he borrowed a trunk because he didn't he didn't have a trunk and he borrowed it from a family. They lent it to him because he didn't want to come here with the thing was empty. You know, he didn't have anything to put in there, but he borrowed the trunk just so he had something to carry. Right. 
I mean, you know, it was the, it was the land of opportunity. People knew it. People knew to come here. And America, again, it was just such a young country at that time, and it was a great time to come. And if you had good work, work ethic and you had likability and you were passionate and you wanted to get ahead and you wanted a job, I mean, this is what it was all about. My grandfather happened to go into the right industry for him. He was in the mm-hmm. hospitality industry, which was really perfect for him because mm-hmm. he, he started out as like I said, shiny shoes, met some people, got an opportunity to be a busboy, worked up to waiter and then manager and then ended up managing this facility and then another facility. So he just, he got in the right position for him and he was passionate about it. So and what did he end up doing? Like when, like, so, so yeah, so basically, so he ended up, you know, as I said, busboy and then waiter, but he, 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 he met so many people. He was so great at what he did and he just loved coming to work early and staying late and just doing the right job. So this helped him to get ahead. Uh, and he got noticed, obviously, and he made a lot of friends. He was a great, great guy, happy guy, joyful guy, loved life. Like people love being around him because that's addicting, you know. So there's something to learn about that by itself. So he ended up managing this. It's, the Zeta Psy Club was called Zeta Fraternity. But what, what happened in New York City back then is all all the Zeta Psy house it was. He got a job waitering there, and he worked his way up to managing the place. And this particular house is where all all the Zeta Psy's throughout the country would come if they were coming to New York. And the Zeta Psy was more of a, was a high-end elite uh, fraternity, uh, very successful people in it, and very smart uh, college people. During the college and after, they would come there and stay there when they were coming to the city for work, or yeah. people that were you know living in the city would come there and hang out. So it was like a it was a fraternity house per se, but not like the regular fraternity house. Right. Pretty high-end elites. And in fact, the book mentions some very very high successful people that went on to be very successful that were part of that club. But he ended up managing that place. But the best part about it is he met and mixed and mingled with and became friends with all these people that were so smart and so wise and the elitists or socialists or not socialists in that way, but social right. socialists in the, in the city of New York. Um, but so he got a chance to learn from these people and mix and mingle with them. He was best friends with all of these people. So that's the beauty of where he worked there. Um, and he learned so much and had such a great time there. And then from there, he ended up becoming one of the managers at the West Side Tennis Club in Flushing, Queens, where they had all the U.S. Opens. It was such a big wow. deal. Back in the 50s, and big, big deal. So back in the 50s and 60s, yeah, that was hot. it was all tennis and horse racing. It was like, that was it. That was like the high-end stuff in the yeah. country. People followed that. So, you know, he met John F. Kennedy, Frank Sinatra. He was friends with Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra, in fact, he, he basically told my grandfather, Charlie, Charlie, he goes, you're the only one that has access to my accounts. When I'm not here, you make sure my friends are taken care of. <laughs> open tab for them. You're the only one taking care of my, my, my affairs when I'm not here. Like that kind of level, you know? Wow. But, but, but uh, so he was, he was, you know, he wore his black tux every day. He was, he man, you know, helped manage that place. So it was really a wonderful job for him. Um, in fact, he said sometimes he hardly spent his salary because he got so much money in tips because he knew mm-hmm. what people drank, knew what they liked to eat, knew where they liked to sit, would take care of everybody. You know, so that was kind of, it was his thing. He loved it. He was, you know, he was like a major deep for life and he just, he was in the right position for him. You yeah, know? but the other side of that too is like, it's bringing value. Just looking at everything, it was just like bringing value to others and it was just constantly like being humble. And like you're saying, like just constantly like being in service to others. What value can I bring to you today? And right. And you know, some of his, you know, he, and by the way, he got so many people jobs at all these places he worked. So many people, the Greeks that would come in or other people in general, he got so many people jobs, waiters and waitresses and, and other positions and cooks. And so he did good for so many people, but some of his powerful lessons, now that we're kind of halfway through the interview, you know, he would basically say, you know, we're remain, these are specific lessons that remain humble. Always. He would always tell me about, you know, remaining humble. Don't, don't think you're ever above or beneath anybody in this world, no matter who anybody is, no matter their stature, the ambassador of the world, or the poorest person on the street, we're all people. Yeah. We all get up, we all go to bed at night, we're all people. Yeah, my and, dad and used to say that too. He's like, you talk to the janitor the same way you do the boss, the owner of yeah. the company. 
And it empowers them. And it, you know what? It makes people feel wanted. But he was always very powerful. Because you know what? He started from nothing. And yeah. he never forgot it ever. Yeah. He never forgot it because he started from nothing. He would even see, say other lessons like, these are some of the lessons. You know, look, look for what others don't see. You know, be awake and alive to the suffering of others. Wow. You know, to work is to survive, and that is not enough. Like, these are all powerful. Some of these are exact words he'd say. Powerful stuff. Wow. You know, and, and I remember all the years when we were, he was retired, he would always tip. You know, a dollar's nothing really here and there. He would tip the busboy. they tip the guy giving the water. You know, the tip the maitre d' a dollar. Everywhere. Just, you know, and he'd do it without us really seeing. He'd just kind of slip him a dollar. No big <laughs> deal. But just because, you know what? He was he there. It. He remembers what it was like doing that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So he, and, and by the way, he, he always sent money back to his parents and his brother and sister back in Cyprus all the years. Even when he was making hardly anything, he always sent money back. So uh-huh. this is a guy that, this, this is, here's the thing, this is a guy that got it. He, yeah. and, and from with no schooling, but he just got it from life. You know, There's hard no college, but life. knowledge, my dad used to say. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he, and he I hate to it. do this. Wait, you got to hold this thought because my producer's looking at me like, you got to get stop. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, this is Wanda Ella with Mark Demetrio, and he is a branch manager and uh, mortgage consultant at Residential Home Funding. But he's now an author, and he's written this phenomenal book that's chock full of wisdom. Uh, it's called um, Lessons from My Grandfather, Wisdom for Success in Business and Life. It's available at um, www.grandfatherlessons.com, uh, and we'll be right back after a short break. And we're back. This is Wanda Ellett live in the Killarney Public House studio at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronc.com. I'm here with Mark Demetrio, and he has been sharing some great insight and wisdom. Uh, he has written a book, uh, Wisdom. Hold on. I have to go back and read. I don't have it memorized. Uh, Lessons from My gra- Grandfather, Wisdom for Success in Business and Life. Uh, and uh, it, yeah, he's just been sharing a fantastic story from his grandfather and um some of the different lessons that are included in the book. Um, but uh, before we continue our conversation, uh, we have uh, Zanisha Lanier with her uh, segment, Finding Your Future. Feeling confused about your career or feeling stuck and unsure of which job is right for you? Let our producer help you. Your Career is Calling presents Find Your Future. Our producer is going to help make your career journey a little brighter every week by providing you with available job listings, including how to apply and contact our featured employers. Plus, other tips on how you can better your career path. Finding Your Future is underwritten in part by Rider University's Office of Career Services. Our role in your education is to prepare you for your career. For more information online, it's rider.edu forward slash career services now here's our producer with finding your future calling all bookworms simon and schuster is searching for a customer service representative for the riverside new jersey office this is a full-time position that may lead to other great opportunities with a publishing powerhouse for more information log into your handshake account today That concludes this week's segment of Finding Your Future. Finding Your Future is underwritten in part by Ryder University's Office of Career Services. Our role in your education is to prepare you for your career. For more information online, it's rider.edu forward slash career services. Our producer will be back next Sunday with more job listings and special tips to help you get further with your career. Exclusively on Your Career is Calling on 1077 The Bronx. Excellent job, Zaisha. Excellent job. So, Mark, uh, what would you say is your next, like, favorite lesson? So, you know, some of the things he would say, just, you know, this is just, we, we mentioned before about life being tough, but he basically said, be resilient, persevere, and never give up on yourself. So, 
so that's pretty powerful by itself because, you know, he, he had a very difficult life. As much as he doesn't complain or didn't complain about it, never never talked negatively, really really amazing in so many ways. Um, you know, even, even in World War II, he got drafted as one of the oldest draftees, 43 years old, got drafted into the military. Wow. What craziness. branch was he in? And well, he was in the, he was in the navy. He got drafted into the navy. He sh- you know, shipped his kids up to Boston to be with somebody he knew there, and went in. You know, he never even complained about that. He went in. He was on a navy vessel, and he was actually part of Normandy Beach invasion. He was in the second. He was in a wave where he was on the sh- actual ships that were bombing that were bombing the land. Wow. His, his responsibility was to put the artillery into the into the guns. Um, and you know, for the bombing. Um, but a funny story. So he, anyway, but he never complained about any of that, by the way. Boot camp, I can't believe they drafted me. Miserable. He never complained about life or anything. It's amazing. It's, this man was always up and always positive. It was crazy. But a funny story, side story, is that he was, he was responsible for putting the shells in. He kept dropping the, the shells. And... Um, <laughs> The guys were down this hole with him, like they're like Charlie. You're going to kill us down here. You can't keep dropping these things. Like, well, they're heavy. I'm a little guy. He was like five foot two. Could you imagine that? Here's this guy next to you, and it was like the old. Yeah. Guy. He was the old guy. Yeah, right. He's like, you're going to kill us. So the, so the, the captain came over. The captain came over and he yelled down to this like this area. He goes, Charlie. You can't keep dropping these shells. You're going to kill us. What's going on? He goes, well, they're heavy. And he's like, all right, what else can you do? He goes, well, I'm a cook. It's what I do. I've been in the restaurant business for years. He goes, why didn't you tell us that? The guys last night left the gizzards and the chicken. They almost killed us all. Get up here and come cook for us. Wow. So he ended up becoming the cook. And when you're the cook, you're the most favorite person in the whole entire ship. So everyone was friends <laughs> with him. He knew he hung out with the lieutenants. He was drinking. He was hanging out with them. So he just had a life. Even there, he made the best of it. So, um, just, you know, but so, yeah, so he just, he, but he had a lot of, a lot, listen, a lot of hardships. And he never, I never heard him complaining other than just giving me inspirational ideas about, you know, about what he was on food lines or so on and so forth. Like some, some, this is how he would impact me. Never complained about his situation ever. Any of that stuff. But he would say to me, like when I said to him one time, I said, you know, why don't you, you know, I know you have a modest place here in Florida, you know, in Pop the Lakes, New Jersey, modest places. Um, I said, why don't you just enjoy life more, have bigger houses or do travel more or do more stuff? I mean, you have money saved up. And he, he and it's probably the only time he was very, very serious when he looked me in the face and he said to me, he said, you know, he goes, when you've, when you've been without like I have, when you've been without and how hard it was those years to be without, you never want to be without again. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, it was for him, he said to me, I'd rather have the money saved in the bank and know for a rainy day or just know it's there and live comfortably because living below your means is the, is the secret to success in life. And he would say this to me, which is really powerful. More people would listen to that. And I've helped a lot of people, helped a lot of people that make money. But just spend a lot to live below their means. That's how you beat the rat race. That's really success to me. That's another part of the success I talk about: mm-hmm. living below your means. Because then you beat the system. Now, if you're only making, you know, if you're just making enough to get by in life, then that's a different story. But right. you got to keep moving forward. You keep, you know, forging forward. But he always was about no matter what happens in life. Listen, and we, we, I try to when I speak a lot to places, whether it's high school, college, or just businesses in general. I, I, I they don't say it enough that. Life is hard, you know, you're going to have tragedy and upset and disappointment and financial ruin sometimes, and that's called life. You know, people are going to die all around us. That's life. And, and the younger generation of today, high school, college, they don't hear that enough. No. Life will be hard. It's not that easy. You know, you need to get out there and make things happen for yourself. You've got to get out there and work hard. You've got to ask for things. You've got you to you know, want things to happen. You've got you to put the time and effort in, but know it's hard. And whatever comes up, just get around and go over and go through it. Just keep moving forward. Yeah. So this is, you know, some of the messages from him that just instilled in me and I want to get the message out to people um, so this is kind of a you know a little bit of tyrant going on you know going on here um, but that's that's the message you know, in, in so many ways 
Wow. How did you come to, to uh, be, you know, to connect to Barbara Corcoran? So it's, it's funny. So I guess for the listeners, I have a you know really great quote that Barbara Corcoran, she put a really nice endorsement in my book. Um, and um, in fact, the website, which you mentioned before, uh, www.grandfatherlessons.com has all the endorsements on there, sample chapter, uh, all sorts of stuff and pictures. And um, in fact, my Instagram account, I just mentioned that as well, is at Mark Demetrio. It's M-A-R-C-D-E-M-E. T-R-I-O-U, at Mark Demetrio. There's a lot of pictures on there of me and my grandfather, of him, and endorsements. So it's really a fun place to start. And then there's purchase options for the book, either e-books or regular books, right to Amazon and other things like that. But um, So just real quickly here. So, yes, yeah, so Barbara and I, um, I had the pleasure of being a, a keynote speaker at a really big uh, motivational mastermind summit. Um, about 3,000 people in the audience, and um, Tony Robbins was the speaker as well. I was a speaker there. Barbara was a speaker. There's probably about 100 other uh very, very high-end top speakers throughout the country. And um, and so I had a chance to meet her there. In fact, there's a great picture of me and her on my Instagram account. The Instagram account's all about the book, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a great picture of me and her, me and Tony there, too. But I basically uh, got to be friendly with her there a little bit, and then I followed up with her with an email, and I basically, um, excuse, me, I, I, excuse me, I sent her the manuscript to my book. This is what I did. She likes when people go over and beyond, and she likes people putting effort in. I actually overnighted her a manuscript of my book, and I, I, I blew up the picture of me and her, and I wrote a nice cover letter saying, it was really a pleasure meeting you. I wanted to give you this picture. It really came out great, um, but I also want to include the manuscript to my book. If you would review my book, if you would uh, pleasure me with an endorsement or consider an endorsement, that would be great. Just let me know either way. Um, so I took the time, and I FedExed the package, by the way. So I really went over and beyond to really make her impressed by what I was doing. And um, and within two weeks, I got an, I got an endorsement from her. She just basically said, wow. you know, be, be, uh, happy to endorse your book. Uh, here's an endorsement. I wish you the best, whatever. So it was just short and sweet. But that's exactly what happened. So because I put that effort in, I could tell you it's probably 80% of the reason why she wanted to read the book. If I would have just sent her an email, hey, it was nice meeting you. Here's my manuscript. That's I love it. That. I'm yeah. sure she's done a million of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I put that effort in. I purposely went to, you know, went to the store, blew up the picture to a nice five by seven picture, and wrote a nice letter. And took my time with it and sent her a nice FedEx package. So it was probably impressive there, I'm sure. Yeah, because and that's the thing. Like even I still believe in handwritten thank you notes after an interview and that type of thing, where it's just making you distinct and unique. You know? Well, you have to put the effort in. Listen, yeah. this is another thing too. My grandfather would say to me is that if there's a hundred people working for the same job, you're starting out day one together, entry level. Mm-hmm. All hundred people. How do you separate yourself from the pack? How will that person or how do you want to be set different to be above the rest? So he said it's very simple. Come in early, stay late, work through lunch, be likable, help other people, get your job done. And do the job the best of your ability and show passion and great attitude. You will get ahead because most people don't do all that. So if you want to be the top 1% or even higher than that, it's very simple. Just do it. But also know your business. Know your career. Be be an expert. Do the research. Study extra. Go over and beyond what most people are doing. So this is all very simple. You know, when you talk to top athletes or you see interviews from top athletes or, or Olympians, they will tell you, they will tell you, and people when they get interviewed, I love I love watching motivational videos or listening to motivational clips. I just live for it. I said, when I'm in the gym, that's what I'm listening to. Like I'm a little nuts like that. But um, 
you know, you listen to the stuff. He learned so much from it. They would they would say things like, you know, you know, they'd ask them, how did you, how how are you so great at, you know, like you know Michael Jordan or some of these guys, how are you so great? And he said, well, here's the, t- the ticket. When other people were done with practice and went in the locker room, I was still out there. Yeah. People were just getting there, I was still out there, or I just got there earlier than them. So like, it, it just it's the extra commitment when you're at that level and everyone's great. If you want to be better than that, you got to put the time in. Yeah, right? With true. anything in life. One of my friends, he was a um, a security. He did security back, you know decades ago and it was when Prince was even just starting out and he said here he is he puts on this full concert and after the show everybody else is partying and Prince is back at the keyboard they love it you know what I mean like he was just like you just did this and he's still like perfecting it like going over pieces that were like you know like he felt we're a failure in the concert you know what I mean like I gotta practice it you know I'll tell you another funny story wait 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 you gotta hold it for when we come back I'm getting yelled at by the producer I could talk to you all day this is Wanda Ellen with Mark Demetrio we're live at the Clarity Public House Studio at Ryder University's radio station 1077 The Bronx and online at 1077thebronc.com. We are taking your calls at 877-900-1077. Again, that's 877-900-1077. And Mark has been sharing some great insight from his uh, the book that he's written about his grandfather. We'll be right back after a short break. Mark, I can't believe we're at the end of the show. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> we're very quick. Uh, this is one of the fastest shows I've, I've done in a while. But um, do you have any last bits of wisdom that you want to share? So for everyone out there, you know, one of the things I wanted to do was give a mentor to the world with this book. You know, I was very advantaged in life to have my grandfather as my mentor and very blessed in life. There's no question that my success has led to because of the mentorship from him. So I encourage everybody to look for a mentor, whether it's your parents, your grandparents, aunt, uncle, coach, teacher, counselor at school, having someone believe in you or having a mentor to give you wisdom. You know, there's information on the web all over the place that's different. You can research everything and learn a lot from the web and from books. But having a mentor in life is very important to be able to have that guiding light that, that believes in you and, and helps you forward. Having this book now will hopefully give people a mentor in a sense. So I just want to encourage everybody that you can't do it alone. And that was one of my lessons as well for my grandfather. You know, never, no one ever does it alone. So just whether you just had to confide in somebody, someone to talk to about life or about business, things are hard or you want to get advanced in life. Go out of your way. Talk to your coaches. Talk to your teachers. Believe me, I tell you, they promise they will help you. They will assist you. If you ask, how can I be a better student? How can I be a better player on the, on the field? So just that's one message for people because if you don't open your mouth in life and go after what you want or try to make things happen, they're not going to happen. I can tell you, I'm, I'm 49 actually now, and I can look back at so many things in my life of putting the extra effort in by opening my mouth or putting the extra time in. It really works. I assure you, most people don't do that. So that's kind of my last bit of wisdom in a way. And, and I think for people in general, just, you know, you have to realize that, you know, you have to make things happen for yourself. You know, you have 24 hours in a day, you know, be wise with your time, you know, be smart with what you do, make the right decisions. And I say success is a choice is one of my taglines. It is a choice. You know, how you, how you live every day, what, how you, how you eat, how are you in shape? Are you taking care of your body? Are you good to other people? Are people good to you? What's your perception of life? You know, I like to say, you know, what we do in life echoes in eternity. That's a great statement. It's from a movie. Actually, I love that powerful statement. So I always mm-hmm. use it because that's, that's true. What you do is who you are. So these are just some, some last minute uh, items. Um, as far as getting in touch with me and, and uh, following me and so on and so forth. So the book, again, is Lessons from My Grandfather, Wisdom for Success in Business and Life. And it can go to the website for purchase options and lots of material about the book is at grandfatherlessons.com. And, and on Instagram, I have lots of stuff about the book, mostly in pictures and so on and so forth. And Do you want to spell your quotes. name out? Yes, I will. So it's at, and my Instagram is at Mark Demetrio. It's at 
M-A-R-C-D-E-M-E-T-R-I-O-U. And uh, I'm going to continue to you know, just have a great uh, Instagram account with motivational stuff, pictures and videos, and a lot of video clips coming up soon now. So it's exciting. But listen, this is all about giving back. This is my way to give to the world because I didn't need to do the book, honestly, and I, but I needed to in a way to share this with the world and share my grandfather with the world. And that's why I had to do the book. So for me, it's just been wonderful. It's a blessing to have your words in paper or your words on speak and be able to motivate or influence or empower people. And it's, uh, it's a very exciting opportunity. I've been great, grateful today. Well, thank you very much for today. I really, truly appreciate it. Well, my pleasure. It's a blessing again. I appreciate it. And hopefully uh, your listeners enjoyed the interview as much as you and I did. Yeah, I, I actually have been getting feedback. Everybody, you know, all positive and, and saying how wonderful you are. And they're very excited about your book. Well, thank you. I appreciate all your compliments. And really, I wish you the best as well yourself with the show and with your career and with life in general as well. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you again. We'll speak okay. soon. Okay. Cheers. All right. Bye-bye. In closing, to learn how you can gain more information on how to manage your career, take a tour of the On Demand Library on 1077thebronc.com. We have over five years' worth of shows on every aspect of job transition and career management. You can listen to us anywhere. Oh, hold on here. <laughs> so technical difficulties. Hold on. You can listen to us anywhere as you can download the 1077 The Bronx free iPhone or Android apps from the App Store. You simply search WRRC1 or WRRC2, and that's Whiskey Radio Radio Charlie 1, Whiskey Radio Radio Charlie 2. The phone lines may be closed, but job opportunities are one call away. Thank you for listening to Your Careers Calling with Wanda Ellett of G45 Consulting. Join Wanda and her who's who of guests and career consultants next Sunday at 8 a.m. at as they provide you with even more great advice on how to truly take control of your career. Missed an episode? Go to 1077thebronc.com and Apple iTunes to download and listen to previous shows. Just look up Your Career is Calling. Your Career is Calling is underwritten by Career Development and Success at Rider University, Harwell Express Press, your corporate communications printer, and G45 Consulting, committed to both your immediate and long-term career success. Hope to see you next Sunday at 8 a.m. only on 1077 The Bronc and 1077 the Bronx.com.